ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see, Thanks, we're Mr. on Mr. Uh, Now look, here's a house full of bees. You think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. Let's, let's get one thing straight. Mice is right. Guns don't kill people. I do. Kiss my knuckle never Scoop up chicks at the shows and take them I think so spin. I'm struggling Who is that? I know that I'd be shocked if you knew who that was I know I've heard it before It's It was on That was on an old skate video They used to walk watch back in the day I think Really? Yeah I think it, so. Well may, maybe the That came out in like 03 I think mm -hmm. um, That was a wall one rapper mm -hmm. doing the you know the uh, well rapping. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm following it as tracking. rappers do. <laughs> but uh, the sample was uh, Cal Jader, and uh -huh. he's like an old like fifties jazz right, um, just cool jazz guy that did a lot with the vibraphone. Yeah. Which is my one of my favorite jazz instruments. Really? Yes, hundred percent. It's like a xylophone with little whirling fans <laughs> underneath. That you know it works. Yes. I mean, it's such an awesome instrument, and that right. that sound is like every hold music that's ever been made. In fact, our our hold music. As, as the vibraphone. Well, we just changed it. Actually, now we have hold music. <laughs> that is the new hold music. No, it. Uh, anyways, I, I I almost found the find the sample for that song more interesting than the than the rap song. Right. But I remember back in like probably '03, I was living in San Diego, going in the record store. Do you remember back then record stores? You go in and well, you'd buy CDs mainly. Right. But you could listen to listen them, to them before, before you, bought, you them. bought them. Yeah. Wasn't that awesome? That was great. And so I walked into the store and I heard that song playing. And I knew the guy, one of the guys that worked there and I was like, dude, what is this? And he's like, he was, it was, it was kind of like that, uh, high fidelity uh -huh. movie yeah. where like the, the record guys were just like, just <laughs> full on geeks, you yeah. know, about music. Yeah. But totally judgmental about anything. Yeah. And I, I heard that playing and I was like, dude, what is this? And he's like, he was just kind of looking up at the, at the ceiling. He's like, I think it's the greatest rap song that's ever been written. <laughs> I just sat there listening to it. I was like, holy shit, he's right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the name of the song is uh, Rhythm. Nice. Yeah, by AWOL1. But I went down a deep rabbit hole on Cal Jader, all of his stuff. Uh -huh. Super good, right? too. Yeah, we're huge geeks in this house uh, for uh, Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass. Right in that same vein. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I, when it first started, I was like, is this Herb Albert? I was like, I don't think so. This is a little like newer. It's got a little like newer jazz kind of style. Uh -huh. And I'm not I'm by no means a jazz fan. But the Herb Albert album, uh, Going Places, that has been on our turntable since we moved into this house. No one has <laughs> yeah. taken it off, and it gets played a lot. You know, I was thinking about you when I was sampling or figuring this out today, this song, and 
because I know you're not a jazz fan. Mm-hmm. Well, you say you're not a jazz fan, mm-hmm. but I know you like Herb Alpert. I do. And the stuff I was listening today, I know from Cal Jader, you would like. Mm-hmm. And I thought I could easily make a playlist of songs that you would say, these are awesome songs. So it's not the fact that it's jazz that, that you don't like. It's a type of jazz right. that you don't like. Yes. And most people don't like that. I got, that I got, I got, I was dragged to jazz shows. I was down in LA and you know what? That's better than being um, dragged jazzed, to the street by no, an angry mob. Jazzed to drag shows. Yes. <laughs> Fair point. But they were uh, free jazz shows. Uh, and I just, I was like, this this is the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And I'm a grindcore fan. I listen to Cannibal Corpse and Napalm Death and Pig Destroyer. And I was watching this music. I was like, this is like, I, I don't, it's the most pretentious bullshit I've ever had to listen to. Yes. It would be hard to. And first I was always like, you just don't understand it. I was like, you're right. I don't. And, <laughs> and you don't understand Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> so. Yeah. There we are. I think there's a happy middle somewhere in there where you would appreciate good jazz. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. I also have, uh, I have a hot button too, because I tell people, you know, they go like, do you like the Beatles? I was like, no. Oh my God. And you know, when you go through the conversation, I can't believe, no, you just haven't heard the right Beatles songs. I'm like, do you think I haven't had this conversation before? You think I haven't heard the Beatles enough in my life? The reason why I hate them is that they're just everywhere, and it's like the knee-jerk response for people that don't actually really pay attention to music to just go like, of course, no, the Beatles are the greatest band of all time. I was like, I don't need you to sit me down and walk me through the Revolver album or the White Album. Like, trust me, I've heard it. Dude, I clicked on a total clickbait article, uh-huh. which I never do. Right. But I did it this morning. Mm-hmm. And it was, I think it was like the top 26 most overrated bands uh-huh. of all time. Okay. Now, the way that those clickbait articles work right. is what they're really trying to do is get you to click on the gotcha. advertising, mm-hmm. of course. Hence the name, yes. Right. <laughs> now, so to navigate from 26 down to one uh-huh. takes a bit of skill. <laughs> Okay, because inevitably, if you're impatient, you're going to click on advertising. It's going to take you to another place. You're going to try to hit the back button to get back there. And next thing you know, you're totally off the Internet or you're in the fucking dark web and the Mm -hmm. FBI is knocking on your door. Right. So I didn't make it to the end of the article. Uh huh. Okay, but. But you did switch your car insurance. (laughs) (laughs) What got me was that the intro to the article Talked about the Beatles. Oh, okay. As being one of the top 26 most overrated bands really? of all time. Yes. Dang. Which is why I had to click. Yeah. I never would click on anything like See, that. Your fucking phone is listening to you. But I, <laughs> <laughs> proof. That is proof. <laughs> Seriously. So I made it through half the article uh-huh. and the Beatles never came up. So it's my assumption that they were in the top 13 most overrated bands of all time. Interesting. Hats off to that clickbait article. Yeah. Because I would put them probably at number one. Yeah. Myself. If I could ever get back there, it's a, it's a mystery in how that would happen. No one will ever figure it out. But if I could get back there, I would, I would love to know yes. if they were actually number one. They're, they're, they are definitely in my number one. Ramones were on the list. I, I fully agree with that, which I know. Chili Peppers? Six of my friends. Metallica? Uh, yeah, given their entire catalogs. If you consider the whole body of work. Yeah. So, so there are certain bands, the first handful of Chili Peppers albums, because you know they used to be kind of synonymous with the punk scene back then, mm-hmm. and skateboarding, they were always in, uh, they were in the movie Thrashing, the 80s classic, mm-hmm. by the way. But they you know go from this cool, unique band doing their own thing to one of the worst bands I've ever heard in the yes. entire planet is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, I would say the same thing. Like I, my DNA is deeply embedded in the first three Metallica albums. I, the, the music they put out now is just the most unlistenable dog shit. Right. They would be on the list of underrated bands if they never put out the stuff that people know them for. Right. Both, both of those bands, Metallica and the Chili yeah. Peppers. Yeah, so... I was thinking, I just popped into my head randomly today in that I toured in bands for, I mean, I've been in bands, not anymore, but since I was 15 years old, something like that. And I was going through in my mind, 
some of the greatest heckles I've ever heard. And I've heard some good ones directed at me or the ones I just uh, witnessed. Yeah. And I was going through, I was like, what is the best? Because, like, it became played out, but, and, uh, like, one would be uh, you see a band play, and after their first song, someone yells out, like, one more! <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's simple. It's effective. Ugh. And then I remember I was like, oh, we got a good one once. I was just playing in a like a band for fun. It wasn't even actually a real band. We just play a show every once in a while. <clears throat> and the band that played before us was clearly a real band. <laughs> it was like touring and, you know, on their game. And we were just a couple of ragtag, you know, half asses that would got together once every six months and played a show. Which band was this? Can you tell me the name? Uh no. Okay. And uh they uh we had said so you always gave a little shout out to the band before you. And uh, it was just a weird show anyway. And there was this, um, we said like, Hey, let's give it up for the whatever. No, like that, you know, good show, whatever, you know, welcome from wherever you're from, give it up guys. And then just this random drunk guy was like, had his head down on his hands, like this grizzled old dude. He just brought his head up. He's all, Better than you. <laughs> and he went back to sleep on the bar. And we just fucking I was like, dude, that was so that was so perfect. And we just were cracking up. I'm like, yeah, well they were. They clearly were. Oh god. So the the, the best heckle I've ever heard uh, was actually uh there was in the college town when when I was back in school, there was a uh coffee shop slash little brew house that had uh, open mics. You go there and your buddy would play an acoustic show, a lot of like acoustic music, and it was all terrible. And um, this guy, he was a Hare Krishna, and I guess this is their mantra. And then he took the mic and he just was doing his Hare Krishna mantra, which I don't know if you've ever heard that. It's just basically, Mm -hmm. it's a way of meditating. Yeah. And he's just standing on the stool going... Hari, 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 Krishna, Krishna, Hari, Hari, Krishna, Hari, 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 just on and on. And everyone's like, okay, this is like, we're all here to express ourselves, but this is getting a little old. Most Hari Krishnas <laughs> bring some musical uh, talent to, not the, this guy. to the game. Yeah, not yeah. this guy. Yeah, he just repeat hmm. over there. And then finally, someone, <laughs> someone in the crowd, there was like maybe 30 people there, it was like, enough already (laughs) and the guy stops and he looks right at him this dude like he looked the part too he's like you know what brother what i'm trying to do is just bring a little enlightenment a little education and expose everyone here to like a different spiritual path and it's like i would hope that you would give it a chance and then maybe expose yourself to some new ideas and maybe this would benefit us all with a little bit of love and spirituality and it's like i'm here in the hopes that some of you would join in I was like, geez, this guy's taking it seriously. And the guy goes, all right, what's the words? <laughs> no. <laughs> and everyone was fucking dying laughing, and the dude got up and It's like, I guess we're doing comedy tonight. Wow. It was great. That was the greatest heckle I've ever heard. Man, well done. Yeah. Well done, sir. It's perfection. Yeah. Um... I don't know if you heard about this. Oh, let's start the show. Let's do it. Ah, shit. We're going to start the show and wait for it. Wait for it. Dude. What? What is this? Read the top of the can. Handed me a can of beer and it says. Take it easy there, Pocahontas. <laughs> it says non-alcoholic brew. <laughs> I saw that in the store. I'm like, oh, it looks like a cool package. I'll grab that. <clears throat> you should never yeah. judge a beer by the package. Yes. Sir. Would yes, you clearly. like one of these? Yes, I would. Thank okay, you. there you go. Wow. On that note. Good morning. Time to get up and go to work. so cranky <laughs> it couldn't have anything to do with you not having alcohol in your system because we just <laughs> pounded a bunch of beers at the pub <laughs> um 
So are you familiar with this story? The Biden administ- the Biden signed a law putting kill switches in cars. I have heard of this. I don't I didn't know that was still a thing. So we did an episode not too long ago. I think it was called uh, Unhook Your Truck from the Internet. Because mm-hmm. I'm worried that they could easily shut my truck off. Right. That was on our first ones. That was like way back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it turns out they are actually openly saying that they're going to do this. So by 2026, every new car, according to this law, mm-hmm. assuming this stands will be equipped with a kill switch that either the manufacturer or someone pressuring the manufacturer, let's say the government, uh-huh. uh, and this can shut your car off. Okay, so this kill switch could be activated remotely. Correct. Which means that your car... Is not your car. It's not your car. <laughs> <laughs> if someone else can turn your car off, it's not That's your car. It's your car. Yeah. So, so and, and by the way, if you have a used car that you were thinking of getting rid of, might be a good idea to hold on to that till 2026. <laughs> then get rid of it. Um, okay. So let me noodle this through here for a second. So if they can remotely activate the kill switch on your car, mm-hmm. one would also assume that... They are also remotely tracking your car. Uh, well, that's you could make that assumption. You'd be right. Uh-huh. Because actually, another part of this bill is that they're going to put some sort of um, metrics on your car. And if you violate those metrics, it'll send <laughs> signals back to who's watching you, the, the car company, basically, you bought the car from. Mm-hmm. So if you drive erratically, they'll know that you're driving erratically. Uh-huh. Because the whole reason for this, the whole the whole guys i'm gonna say right is that they're trying to stop drunk driving deaths <laughs> that's what they're selling this on Actually, oh, they don't need to sell it this uh... this was part i assume this was part of the omnibus bill that was just passed because this this bill was passed biden signed it it is now going into law in 2026 so you probably didn't hear anything about this because no one debated it because of these fucking giant bills that they just that are four thousand pages long that they just ram through Congress in, in eight hours. No one has a chance to read it, right? And so then it gets passed, and now guess what, everybody? Your car is going to be shut off automatically in twenty twenty six. So we had also done another episode about uh, Pete Buttigieg, whatever his name is. That he was his his. You know, they all come out with like, what's going to be kind of my jihad coming out of the gate here for my new um, position for him being the, you know, uh, Department of Transportation, head of te- Department of Transportation. So, uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly what his title is. But he was saying, I want to get everything down to zero traffic deaths. We're like, this is mm-hmm. the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, what, why, what are, you, what are you going to do? Now this, I think these things are completely related, is... Mm-hmm proposing a mechanism like it comes down to surveillance and control and subjugation that's what all these things come down to every single thing and becomes comes down to behavior modification and what i would think of it off the top of my head this isn't going to be about ending drunk driving deaths it's not going to be this has nothing to do with ending all traffic deaths what this is is it's the same thing as the central banking digital currency that we talk about it's the the climate change panic this what what they're trying to do, it's be, that when I what I mean by behavior modification is now that they can track your car because obviously if they're control if they are passing you know some sort of judgment on the way you're driving they're obviously tracking your car right and I I'm hard pressed to think of them implementing a kill switch without having it without having tracking GPS technology in there anyway I mean that's just being idiotic to think that they weren't doing that right is now what they can do is link it into the climate agenda and say like hey uh, now that we have this technology in there exactly hey, you've driven too much this month your car will just shut your car won't start one more now that you're used to the technology right we're gonna use it for something else yes because yes. in 2028 everyone's gonna be used to this is just kind of a thing yeah and then by 2030 and then by 2035, when we're getting rid of cars, now we're just going to shut off everyone whose last name starts with 
the letters A through you're K, allowed to drive three your days car's away. off yeah. for Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. Everyone else can drive that day, but then you can drive Tuesdays and Thursdays. Which they have done in England to drive into the city centers, I think. And, and they've like done London it in London and Birmingham. It's like, no, you can, you're, only, you're allowed to drive into the city on odd days. and they, you're, you're, Mexico City, too. Yeah, Mexico City has done it as well. Um, so the... The reason, and it's just such an insult that they're actually putting any sort of reason on it that, and pretending that it has something to do with, with drunk driving deaths. Yeah. To me. Because obviously, that's not what it's about. There were 103,000 drunk driving deaths in 2022 mm-hmm. in the United States, which sits right between diabetes deaths and Alzheimer's deaths. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Those don't really register to me. Right. Those deaths seem like, well, I mean, you're going to have deaths. People do die. Yeah. You got to die of something, right? This is true. We're talking about a very, very insignificant source of extra death. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, drunk driving deaths, of course, are a problem, but this, I mean, to think that- Are they? This is a solution. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous to me. Why are they a problem? Well, but you don't want people to die. Of course not. <laughs> yes. That means uh, every death is a problem. Yeah. I mean, why would... We can't go passing laws to prevent every death from happening. I agree with that. Right? I know you do. Yeah. This is not like a... This is a total violation. No, I'm, I'm with you. What I was trying to do is just saying, you know, we're not flippantly going, hey, I don't care if people die in a drunk driving. Like, no, of course not. Every, every death is terrible. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. We... I mean, okay. You're right. Yeah. Let me first say... Every death. I want to apologize. Yeah, I do apologize. Okay. I apologize to you and everyone else out there who has recently lost someone to death, um, <laughs> which is the leading cause of death, by the way. Um, this is not a problem. They are calling it a problem because they need an excuse to get technology into cars they're, they're that can be so they can shut down cars so that eventually we can use this technology and have it be ubiquitous amongst all cars so they can continue this agenda that they've been pushing this entire administration, which is ending oil, which is something he ran on in his campaign, mm-hmm. right? Ending automobiles, mm-hmm. going totally electric mm-hmm. with cars. That has a lot to do with this, too. I think, um, and hooking everything up to the internet so that someone can control it. It's about control. That's what this is all this about. This is also a perfect example of something that we talked about a couple podcasts about. It's the notion of once you understand the idea of working backwards, that is something that I would just am trying to drill into people's heads as an idea. Like think about it like this: when you have these like seemingly kind of frivolous, like odd, like obscure solutions to something you didn't really think it was a problem anyway. It's they're working backwards. It's no, no, no. We need to get rid of cars. Okay. Work backwards from there. And you work back, 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 back. And you go like drunk driving. Let's hit it from the drunk driving angle. Mm -hmm. This is a perfect example of working backwards. I am someone, so you could call me anti-government. Mm-hmm. Some have said such things. Uh-huh. Uh, some people very close to me yes. have said that. Yes, I've, I've heard this. Very recently. <laughs> and they're not wrong. <laughs> Let me tell you. I am anti just about every law that's ever been passed. I do not think that drunk driving should be illegal. Um, okay. I believe that <clears throat> if you kill someone and it's your fault that you should pay the consequences. I agree with that. Okay. So if you are angry driving and you kill someone, you should have to pay the consequences for having it being your fault that you killed someone. You were out of control. You were reckless because you were angry. If you're out of control and you're reckless because you're on drugs or drunk, then again, you should have to pay the consequences. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that driving around drunk should be illegal. Mm -hmm. But I'll give you this. Let's just say I acquiesce. We have we have a compromise, mm-hmm. and there is a rule. Let's that uh, I don't know. Maybe a blood alcohol level is a, is the limit for what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do in a car. All right. Pick a random number. I don't know. Point zero eight percent. Let's mm-hmm. say. Okay. Let's just make that the standard in California. If you're driving around 
and you have a 0.08% alcohol level, mm-hmm. you're considered drunk driving and you're in violation of the law. Right. Okay, that's the compromise. I'm fine with that. But if that's the case, then you should be allowed to drive around with an open container in the car. Mm-hmm. Because as long as you're not above that 0.08%, then you're not doing anything wrong. Right. Right? Why is it illegal for me to drive around with a beer in my truck as long as I'm not above that level? Because those laws make people feel good. I think those... Seriously, that's the only reason why. I I think it's because those laws give cops a reason to be able to bust you if they want to. Because if you do cause an accident or if you do break... You run through a stop sign and you have an open container in your car, Mm. then you're, you're more in trouble. Yeah. Even though you're not breaking the, it, you're it, not driving drunk. You're not breaking a law. You're not above a certain alcohol level than what they consider makes you impaired. It's, it's just like all the other bullshit traffic laws. All it is is it, it's a traffic. It's a, it's like a traffic shoehorn. I was like, exactly. Okay, now I get to search your car. Like now, like I got gotcha. you. Yep. So now I want to search your car. Like I'm, I'm gonna look through your phone. You know, because I, I could take you in at this point. Right. So like you got to kind of play my game. Oh, you have a gun in your car. Well, I have a permit for that gun. No, 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 no. Because you have an open container. That permit is now void. Right. Because that open container means that you no longer can actually conduct yourself in a civil manner. Right. You know. It's ridiculous. Which is funny because where we are just having a beer after work, it's where all the cops go after work. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we go there. Getting drunk. What's up, boys? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. It's it's all it's all nanny state bullshit. Yeah, I mean California leads the charge. Well, and yeah, and look, and this this law that they just passed, it's obvious what they're doing. They don't care about drunk driving deaths. They're doing it so they can shut your car off remotely. So the government has the power to shut your car off remotely. And if you've been alive for 40 years, 44 years, or how old are you? 25. Many more years. Um, You you know by now that these laws never go away. Yeah. So if they have the power to shut your car off, by the time your son and my son are driving, if they... They're going to know that that's just a thing, that cars have these shutoff things. Obviously, the government's allowed to shut your car off. Obviously, the government's going to monitor how you drive. How could we have a safe road if the government's not monitoring how you drive? Yeah. Right? How could we have safe roads if everyone's not blowing into a breathalyzer into their to the car or facial recognition when they get in their car or some DNA test when they get into the car? Obviously, Dad, why you're such a dinosaur. How can we have a safe road if the government, this wonderful, all-knowing, all-seeing, benevolent overlord isn't watching every single one of us 24 hours a day exactly what we're doing and keeping us from doing anything stupid? It's also, I think, that we should really hit the point that you brought up when we talk about all these new laws being passed and the lo- the laws never get undone there no laws ever get taken off the books all they do is add laws i have told people this and they they don't believe me I'm like look it up this isn't do you know how many new laws try to get pushed through as legislation it's in the thousands just in california it's in the thousands wow and this year in california do you know how many governor new <laughs> Gavin Newsom. Gavin or noodles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he signed it a law. How many? 770 laws. So wow. this year, 2022, we had we have 770 new laws on top of it. So imagine that happening every year. None of them ever get taken off the books. That's insane. You know what? If I ever get elected to government, state government, House of Representatives, like, part of the freedom caucus and I have the ability to, to make the new rules. Yeah. A rule that I have heard of that I think is a fucking fantastic rule. This rule is one of the only rules I've ever heard of that would go actually in the direction of reducing government. This is a silver bullet to reduce government. Every law. I think from, I know what you're going to say. Okay. I think from this point, forward every law that's ever been passed and every new law that ever gets passed has a sunset clause so in three years that has to be voted on again okay so think of that what you just said oh there are tens of thousands of laws on the books right the the house of representatives has to vote on every single one of them to keep it going so if you value your time 
and you don't want to spend <laughs> your entire day every day just in here voting on laws, then you will let these expire. I don't want to be in government anymore. <laughs> just, I don't have right? time for this. Is it that important of a law? I mean, we have laws around from the New Deal that yeah. there's, I, I, this would be a good thing for uh, Mike. To, Mike, will you look this up? Um, there's laws around from the New Deal that are, there's been three or four iterations of them since that do the exact same thing, create the exact same uh, committees and the exact same organizations and non-governmental groups. And, you know, they're just, what I'm trying to say is like, it's just layer upon layer upon layer yeah. of the exact same law creating the exact same government expenditures for the exact same programs, just all under different names. Right. And those need to just expire. If it really is that important, then let's just have one group that does it, one law that governs it. But instead, we just have this like dustbin of laws right. that we're all living under and all paying money to and being taxed for. We need to get rid of that stuff. Put a sunset provision on every law that's ever been passed. If it's that important to you, then vote to pass it again. If it's not, then just let it fucking disappear. I like that. That would reduce government over time it in would do, a dramatic way. It would do one of two things. Both of them I see is wild advantages is number one, all these laws would just expire. Mm -hmm. We get all these laws off our book. They just dump off the books every year. Yeah. Which is a good thing. A purge. <clears throat> the other thing is, is our legislator here in California, if you were just saying this is for California or all over the whole country. Like, well, now we have to spend all this time. We're going to spend all of our time, like constantly voting on these sunset clauses which is a good thing. Yeah, good. totally. Good. Stay you, busy, motherfucker. Yeah. You, you kids play amongst yourselves. <laughs> exactly. And we're going to fucking live. <laughs> we're going to get busy making actual money. Yes. Yes. I love it. Is that what you thought I was going to say? No, I was, uh, my guess was, is that you can propose a new law, but you need to propose one that's taken off the books. If you want to pass any, there's uh -huh. a fixed amount of laws. Yeah. And there's still would be wildly bloated and out of control. There's way too many laws on the books. I mean, it's yeah. Like there's a moratorium on, uh, on new laws. Like you can have a new law, but you have to get rid of an old yes, one. Yes, exactly. That would be interesting. The, the finite. Oh, imagine the, the fight that that would create again, tying up the legislature, which we're all for. Just don't give them anything to do. You guys just stay busy. <laughs> That's all we need. Nothing new. Just deal with the old shit. Did you know that you have to get an electric car at 23? I'm like, fuck, really? It's like, but it's also legal to drive the open container. <laughs> they swapped it. I'm up for that one. Okay, okay, all right. I like it. Yeah. I'd really be more relaxed driving if that was the case. Mm -hmm. She'd have some of this, uh, you take the six pack well, of non alcoholic beer that I Obviously, that's what I drink. Yeah. I drink non alcoholic beer when I'm driving, man. 13 it's, bucks yeah. I paid for this. <laughs> Did yeah. you? Yes. Wow. I wonder how much is that per calorie? <laughs> it's, like, it's like 50 cents a calorie. Uh, <clears throat> did you see that video that James sent us? No. So. Basically, the um, okay. So this is what happened. the The FDIC had a meeting. Mm -hmm. This is all based on one. Uh, I didn't really dig into this, but I'm, I'm going with this article being correct. It's called FDIC bankers discuss bail ins to deal with oh, impending market I, collapse. Yes, I have and seen I, this. I believe it is real because there's a video kind of backing it up. But this is I'm reading this off of Need to Know News. So the FDI's Systemic Resolution Advisory Committee, SRAC, they call it, held a meeting in November to discuss how the next market crash would occur and what steps would need to be taken to ensure not everyone tries to pull their money out of the financial system at the same time. So uh, they're trying to preemptively cut off what we call a bank run. Yes. Essentially. But in and the market as a whole. So what they're calling is a bail in instead of a bailout. Okay. So how does this bail in work? Well, the way that a bailout works is the financial system collapses mm -hmm. and then we, the taxpayers, right. give the banks a bunch of money. Gotcha. Uh, if you aren't familiar with this process, 
please look up 2008. <laughs> $700 billion we gave $700 billion. Well, this time around, that number might be a little bit higher. Really? Yeah. So according to this article, um, the FDI insures $9 trillion of bank deposits with only $125 billion worth of actual assets. So... I don't know. This and, model is also known as fractional reserve lending. Yes. <laughs> Visit I, your local I don't, bank now <laughs> and ask for all your money. So I, I don't know exactly how related that is to fractional reserve lending, but if you don't know what fractional reserve lending is, basically you give your money to the bank and then the bank loans 10 times that amount of money out to yeah. to uh, for which uh, borrowers. There's, for which there's, way, there's ways even around that, but... Mm-hmm. The kind of rule of thumb is that the bank is required to have, as far as what their entire financial assets on the books are, they're required to have 10% of that money on hand, actually, physically, within that banking system. Which is insane. Yes. That in and of itself is insane. Yes. And they're not even held to that standard. They can loan out even more than that. So this is when you, when a country or an economy collapses, see Venezuela or Sri Lanka, um, I don't know. Type in bank failure into Wikipedia and see how many countries come up. And everyone runs to the bank. The bank goes, we don't have any money. Yeah. It's that. And then, then people start stabbing each other in the streets. <laughs> or go watch the uh, beloved Christmas movie Miracle on 34th Street. Mm-hmm. Is that the one with Jimmy Stewart? Yeah. Where he's explaining how that your money's not here. Your money's with Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones's money is with Mr. Stevens. And they, yeah. it's just fucking just, it's bullshit. In fact, in in uh, Creature from Jekyll Island, he explains it about back when banks, you know, what was a bank originally? Why do people ever need banks? Well, you needed a vault to keep your gold and your value, your valuables, right? Right. And so you would go to some guy that had a cave with a rock in front of it, and you'd say, just keep this stuff for me, mm-hmm. and I'll come back and get it when I when I need it. Because I, I don't have a vault. People are going to steal it from me. And then that guy would say, okay, is it okay if I lend it to people who need who don't have money and need money? And you would either say yes or no. Mm-hmm. If you said yes, you would get something for that right. interest. Right? Okay, you can loan my money, but I want you know 2% on, on the money. Okay, fine. And you're in an agreement that they can do that. They don't need to keep your money there. When you go back to get your money, if there is some crisis and he says, well, my, your, your money's not here. I loaned it out. You agreed to it. Then you have no you know, leg to stand on. You can't get your money back because you, you agree. You went into a business basically with that guy to loan your money to other people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if you didn't agree to that and the, the vault owner decided to lend your money out anyways, then he would be in violation and you would probably murder him. Right. For giving your money out and then losing it. Right. So it's a very a simple uh, concept. But what's happening now is that your money gets loaned out tenfold. So you right. give them $100, they can loan out $1,000, or you can look at it in reverse. Like if you go to collect your money, it's not there to the tune of 10%. Right. Right, so your money basically doesn't exist, and they're printing money. Though I mean, it's too much to go into <laughs> right now, and my I'm getting hot so, just so, thinking about so it. So to bring it back around, that I just pulled this off. Uh, looks like Twitter. FDI is saying I do I do think it's hard to get a lot of demand for transparency right now in this sort of period of peacetime, but that is going to flip, and it's going to flip faster than we saw in 2008. So I am you are a little bit farther down the road on this. So if, if the way that I'm seeing this correctly, because they're talking about a bail-in, is we're talking the bail-out, which crashed the housing market and essentially the U.S. economy, and people lost their retirements and their 401ks and their savings and their houses. And then we bailed out, to the, bank, bailed out the banks to the tune of $700 billion. Um, Obama stated he was going to hold their feet to the fire. They're like, no, you're not. You're going to bail us out. And to which they gave themselves bonuses and, you know, buffered up back their finances. And it was all businesses. Nothing changed. Not a single person went to jail. One guy from Credit Suisse went to jail during that whole thing, which is just one of the most 
criminal acts I've seen happen in my lifetime. I mean, it's up there with the invasion of Iraq after 9-11, mm-hmm. which also no one went to jail for. Is what? So if I'm understanding this correctly, so as devastating as 2008 was for us, and you know, and we remember that pretty fresh in our in our memories, is what they're saying is they want a preemptive bailout for what they think is about to happen. What they are saying is going to happen. It's going to be way worse. Correct. Except now we're dealing instead of 700 billion dollars, we're ta- we're talking about trying to leverage the asset of nine trillion dollars for which they hold 125 billion, which is one point something percent yes okay so it's the world's worst fractional reserve lending model correct on steroids yep with way more money and they're saying like it's going to crash give us money now so we can deal with it according to this article a critic on twitter wrote if this goes down during 2023 we can expect the mother of all fed qe qualitative uh what do they call it qe is a qualitative no no uh, it's when they basically print money and, and give it to uh, the banks. Okay. Uh, $5 trillion. We looked it up, so it don't yeah, sound yeah. so stupid. Um, we can expect the mother of all Fed QE, $5 trillion instantly on the balance sheet expansion to bail out the banking system and massive amounts of congressional stimulus and bailouts. $5 trillion. Yeah. So we went from seven hundred billion quantitative easing, <clears throat> quantitative easing, right, yeah. quantitative easing, quantitative easing yeah. right? Um, so yeah, so basically, uh, this is the plan that they have in place, and they're talking about it behind closed doors. And there's this video that James sent us of them actually having this discussion, uh-huh. and what's <clears throat> The, what's just fucking so typical is the way that they talk about how important it is, just like they did in 2008, right. to make this happen. Too big to fail. But not to let the public know that it's happening because it might cause panic. It might cause panic in this fucking Ponzi scheme that they've set up and we've all been indoctrinated into. Should be accessible when people need to know, but I don't think you have much hope of, of reaching a public that doesn't have a professional need to know. I, I completely agree with that. I almost think you'd scare the public if you put this out. Like, why are they telling me this? Should I be concerned about my bank? Like, my insurance company doesn't tell me what they're doing with my assets, so they just assume they're going to pay my claim. Right. It's, it's, I think you've got to think of the unintended consequences of taking a public that has more full faith and confidence in the banking system than maybe people in this room do, <laughs> that we want them to have full faith and confidence in the banking system. They know the FDIC insurance is there. They know it works. They put their money in. They're going to get their money out. So there, there's a select crowd of people that are in the institutional side. And if they want to understand this, they're going to find a way to understand this. There's a bunch of law firms representing this. Is that us? There's a bunch of people that charge them by the hour, a lot of money to explain the, this all to them. The, on and, the institutional and, side, they want to find I, this I, out. I don't, I don't <laughs> have that. And they all have huge staffs. But I would be careful we don't have a huge about staff. the unintended consequences of starting to blast too much of this out in the general public. Now, you plebes, uh, just go yeah. back to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, we, don't we take that red pill. We got it from here. Yeah, you're you just trust us to do what's right. The sad fucking thing is, is that we've all we're so ingrained in this system that I'm starting to think that they're not wrong. Like, how do you let go? It's kind of like what Thomas Jefferson said about slavery. Mm -hmm. Slavery is like holding on to a wolf by the ears. You don't want to be in this situation. Right. But you do not dare let go. Right. You know? And it is, you know, maybe even these guys feel that way. These yeah. f- corrupt motherfucker, rich bankers that, God damn it, like, I, I wish we could have a free market, but we don't. And if we let go of this thing, it's going to be a fucking nightmare for everyone. Maybe we just can keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Ah, uh, that is... It makes me sick to my stomach. Me too, dude. <laughs> to hear this guy speak. <laughs> I just finished up the the Madoff 
docuseries on Netflix. And it's, it's just, I mean, I already know the story pretty well. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I have a, a weird fascination with the 2008 crash mm-hmm. and wall street corruption. I mean, just, I probably 20 bucks on my bookshelves, <laughs> like 10, at least just on the 2008 crash. I was just obsessed with it, learning what an MBA and MBS is and how it worked and, you know, what the history of the derivatives market is and how it, you know, how it changed over. It's just, I don't know. It's unhealthy. My interest in this stuff. Sometimes I listen to these guys speak and it's just, it's, you watch that Madoff thing. It's just, it's so wildly outside of bounds, like fantastically criminal that it makes for a, a like a, an, an, a good TV show. And you go like, no, but this is exactly what happened. Like this, all this stuff happened. You have to like pinch yourself. And not only this, Bernie Madoff's the guy that got caught. And he was just, he was, he was running a Ponzi scheme of not even investing money, just straight taking money. Like, and he just got so garish and out of bounds with it that he got caught, right? Is, but you watch this, you're like, this is not an outlier though. All these people are fucking criminals. This whole banking system is completely rigged. It's rigged with its relationship to government, which is fascism. It's rigged with its relationship to Wall Street of controlling the market. And it's, it's, if you, once you start thinking about it and you start thinking about, us middle-class people of like the struggle that we're in every day of like, we're just trying to do a little bit better every day, you know, going to pay down the mortgage and make an improvement to the house. And we, okay. Now we got the property tax bill, you know, got to negotiate for that and on and on and on. And it's, it's so hard. You can see how people would just twist off. I'm not going to go there, <laughs> but mm-hmm. you just, when you write off that check for your taxes, you know what I mean? Four times a year or at the end of the year or whatever it is, and then when you hear about a bank bailout or a bail-in, it's you could see like how someone has just been beaten down and st- had the foot on the back of their fucking neck for so long, and to work their ass off and to struggle to make their bills work, and then like that guy loses his house because of another housing crash, for example. Mm-hmm. Like that's when you get like people twisting off, which I do not condone. Don't ever resort to violence in these situations, but it's it is very hard not to get like it makes you emotionally volatile. Yeah, and so that's when when you talk to people. You know, I was a lifelong leftist. You know, I was like, oh no, like we don't. I was never a fan of government. I always hated government. So I was like probably half slash you know, anarchist slash socialist maybe or something like that. But when you do start paying that tax bill and the mortgage and all this stuff, it's like it changes your mind right fucking quick. And we see stuff like this. It's really hard not to get angry. Bernie Madoff screwed a lot of people over. Yeah. Right? Some of the most powerful people in the world, actually. But I don't think Bernie Madoff is as criminal as our government. Oh, absolutely not. People entered into agreements with Bernie I mean, they're Madoff. Just, they're the same people. They're the same people. Well, Ber- people that gave Bernie Madoff their money did so voluntarily. Yeah. No one gives the federal government their money voluntarily. Right? When they print excellent point. When they print five trillion dollars to bail out all bail in all these banks, mm-hmm. that money is being stolen from us. Yeah. Them printing the money is devaluing our money without our consent, without us getting to vote on it, without anyone in Congress even voting on it. Right. It's going to be a decree, you know, given down from high, from on high, that we're going to print this money, we're going to bail out these banks. Done. No one can talk about it. And that robs us right. of, of our, the value of our money. So, and just to give a quick, like, 1% primer to people go like, no, if they're just printing that, like... That's not really like me paying for it. It is you paying for it because not that there's any effort whatsoever, Republican or Democrat, to ever make good on any of our debt, which is going to be the end of this country eventually, is what it does is all that money being pumped out into the system makes the money that you have worthless, which is when they talk about inflation, if you haven't wrapped your head around just the very basics of like how this affects you, if you're wondering why your grocery bill is twice as much now than it was two years ago, that's why. Because we pumped, yep. we, we printed 
what in the last two years it began with Trump and then Biden put it on steroids, $9 trillion, I think, that we pumped into the economy. Like, that's why your dollar doesn't go. You, when you talk about inflation going up by 6% in a year, that's like your boss coming to you and saying, like, I'm reducing your pay by 6%. So adjust accordingly. Exactly. And there's, it's non-negotiable. There's and by the way, it, in the ways that inflation helps you, when you see your house going up by 120 grand mm-hmm. over a year, a couple of years, that's inflation also. Yes. Why did your house go up in value? Did the, did the roof get better? Did the paint get better? Because this guy moved in. <laughs> Did Matt become your neighbor? <laughs> I mean, is there, what about your house is better five years after you bought it yeah. than when you bought it? Nothing. Right. Everything's worse. Yeah. Every single thing about your house is worse. Now, if you improved your house, fine. But that's not your house appreciating. That's you putting effort and money and, and resources and into your tangible house. tangible value. Yes. Right. So when your house goes up in value, as great as that is, and as good of a hedge against inflation that that is, that is still inflation. The only reason that happened is because they're printing money. Right. The first place that that money goes is to banks. Banks loan that money out. We borrow the money for our houses. We give it to, it trickles down. We give it to the, the builders. We give it to whoever. It trickles down, right? But th- make no mistake. This is why, that's why your house is increasing in value. I'd, I'd, so, I'd, 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 go ahead, sorry. No, that's all right. I'd like to add a quick caveat to, as a precursor to what you just said, is us borrowing money from banks. Here's what, here's how that process works, and this is basically my primary selling tenant when I talk to people about smaller government. Is what it, our current model, the way it is now, is that the government roughly takes somewhere between forty and sixty percent of your income, depending on how much you make and what you own, what your assets are every year at the point of a gun, right? If you resist that, eventually you will be put in a cage at the point of a gun. They take that money, they lend that money, that all that money, all that tax base, they lend that to the central banks via the Federal Reserve at 0% interest. The banks take that money and sell that money back to you in the form of a mortgage or a car payment or a or a credit card. I always tell people this, you're buying back your own money, except they're tacking on somewhere between a four and you know 26% interest on it. That's what our current financial model is. That's the, this is what that book that we talk about, the creature from Jekyll Island is all about the beginning of the central banking system and the federal reserve. Yep. Um, and now we're about to give I'm, these same people possibly $5 trillion as a bail in and bail in. Do you That's believe our bail in? We're going to put that on the list with fucking long COVID. And so hate speech. Exactly. Okay. So let's see. I, I bailed out. I bailed out the banks in 2008. Mm-hmm. And so did you mm-hmm. and everyone listening. So I'm about to bail in the banks again mm-hmm. in 2023 for what's about to come. Yep. I lost a house mm-hmm. over these shenanigans. Right. Uh, I'm not, I'm not game for losing another house. Right. I don't think I'm in a position where I would. I was in a, I, I was in that like clown world kind of frothy, like fun zone. Adjustable that was, rate mortgage, yeah. mortgage territory. <laughs> we had an adjustable rate mortgage that we didn't even know we had. Really? Yes. Yeah. I remember go, you going through that. It was a nightmare. Yeah. Um, if the people, that are going to be affected by this feel anything like I feel like I am not going to tolerate that. Mm-hmm. I fought last time. Yeah. I have a feeling I'm going to fight even harder this time. I just am not, I'm yeah. way more awake to what's going on now yeah. than I was then. So, well, I think 2008 made it just the way that the COVID pandemic started to really make people start thinking about, Issues they probably hadn't thought about before. 2008 did that for a lot of people. Yeah, it was, you put you on that list, and a lot of other people knew that. Like, I just—it's not something you ever had to think about before that you're getting fucked by the central banking system, and all of a sudden, like, when someone takes your fucking house away, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, 
I'm going to do 20 minutes of digging. You're like, holy shit. Did you realize like the people that really went deep on it, like yourself, it's like when you, once you work, once you realize like how the central banking system works and how the federal reserve works, you're going, this is the most, this is the largest criminal organization in the history of the world. When you Mm -hmm. think about it, we think about the power, the power that the American banking system has. It's wild. The people that are going to come take your house, by the way, are not, uh, Klaus Schwab's not coming to your house. No, it's going to be your local sheriff. Yep. Right. When the or an armed IRS agent, by the way, they uh, that cute theater. I mean, I appreciate it that uh, Kevin McCarthy said the first thing he's going to do is defund the eighty-seven thousand new armed IRS agents who are coming after the middle class. By the way, because there's a provision put in there that they wouldn't increase audits under over. People making under $400,000 a year that was taken out by the Democrats who were in power because they had a house at that time. Uh, Biden just vetoed that today, uh, by the way. So that's back on the table. Welcome your new 87,000 new armed IRS agents. And these are some of the people that are going to be when they put a tax lien on your house and then they show up with the local sheriff to get you to move you and your family, all your shit into the car and find someone else to live. These are the people that will be doing it. So congratulations. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. All of the, that's one thing to keep in mind about the house is that they're not really in control. So all of that they do is, is cute. But right. Yeah. It was, it was, it was adorable. I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so speaking of houses and them being taken away and the local government being the ones to do it, it is, very important to resist your local government as much as you resist the federal government Mm -hmm. because they are really the people with the boots on the ground by resist. I mean, maybe I mean empower, empower them not to be the ones enforcing the, the rules from Gavin Newsom, Joe Biden, the UN, Mm Mm-hmm which we know are uh, the who now we right. as somehow has authority over some, some realm of the United States. Right. I uh, mean, we don't know how that's actually going to that pan out, but with the WHO plan pandemic, <laughs> well, I can't even say pandemic one, <laughs> the, the WHO pandemic treaty yes. that uh, Biden relinquished basically U S sovereignty to the WHO in case we, I mean, Ran, if we, some freak rare occurrence that another virus comes along. Well, yeah. What are the again. chances? Right. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, speaking of a loss of freedom in U.S. sovereignty, um, the the emergency powers from the this is not for the state, but for the uh, federal government uh, that has to be voted on renewed every ninety days, and it was as of January third. Um, Biden just voted to extend for another 90 days. The, Biden voted? Yeah. <laughs> was that, <laughs> one person vote? <laughs> Biden just sat there with the I, underwear full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> he voted. Yeah. So, but yes, the Biden administration um, extended that for another 30 days. So we're under Emergency Use Powers Act. So I guess what I was uh, trying to get to was the the fact that the local governments are the ones that are um, are yes. going to be enforcing taking away people's houses and whatnot, and just to try to help people understand like what's so stupid about local governments. Um, everyone, every well, there's there's a few communities in the United States. Actually, currently there's a few communities in the United States that do not have local building departments, for example. Mm-hmm. If you go and check those communities out, you will find that all of the buildings that were built there... All falling down in the street. Falling down, people collapse under them. They're, yeah, No one has legs, yeah. actually, in those communities yeah. because buildings have fallen on them. In fact, uh, the house that your parents live in, the house that I grew up in, was built in the Victorian era. Correct. They did not have building departments. No, there were no building departments in the 1800s. Nope. And that's why those houses fell down with every earthquake that ever happened up in Ferndale. Well, it's not like we lived in earthquake country. Oh, wait, no. We lived in earthquake country. Yeah. 
I mean, we just had some bad earthquakes in Ferndale. Yeah, three earthquakes back to back to back, all in the mid sixes. And your house obviously fell down and is no yeah, longer. Yeah, again, we rebuild yeah. every year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, that's why you build it out of paper like the Japanese. So it's much cheaper. Yes. Right. So uh, I wrote a book called The Great American Contractor. And in this book, I have a chapter about abolishing the building department. This is a very. I think bite-sized step towards abolishing the government. Think of it this way. Your building department is a small like snapshot of the government at large. Right. Why do we need, you and I are contractors. We deal with the building department all the time. Yes. Why do we need a building department? What service does the building department provide? What, do, what I mean, and speak to me, you know, from the, from the perspective of a NPC okay. who's just, you know, for the uh, first we, time hearing this, what need, does a building department actually do for communities? Department. We need the building department because otherwise, um, your contractor will show up and build your house. It won't be decode. Right. What's wrong with that? Uh, well, if it's not decode, then it's in danger of falling down. If mm-hmm. there's an earthquake or high winds. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's just take that. Okay. So let's say your contractor does not build the house to code Mm -hmm. and the building inspector comes around and the plans have already been approved by the building department at this point. And the building inspector is coming around and he's looking at the, at the house. Maybe he's new on the job. Maybe he's just in a hurry and he doesn't catch the things that your, your contractor didn't do. Yeah. And so the house falls down anyways. Right. Can you sue that? Building inspector? Yeah, the inspector's on the hook then. Uh-huh. Can you sue? Wait, no, wait. Yeah. I'm trying to think back to my general contractor's test <laughs> years back. Oh, yeah, they drilled your head. Everything is your fault. Yes. <laughs> You're the general contractor. If anything goes wrong, you will get sued. Exactly. So you can't sue the city. No. You can't sue the building inspector. Right. No matter if they see it or they don't, or they catch the mistake or they don't, they're not on the hook. Yeah. It's still the building the builder is on the hook. Right. Always. Now let's say the builder builds it to code and the engineer just made a mistake and he didn't size the right size beams or the enough concrete in the foundation or which, steel, which happened to us once. It happens all the time. Yeah. Well, a building inspector looked at it, right? Yeah. There's plans to say how to do it. Because and the building inspector. The yeah. Can you sue the city for that? Remember we had a situation where they sent out a, a, uh, what they call them? A forensic, What's so this someone like who, who comes to check if there's a dispute, a, a forensic contractor, like an expert uh, like witness? Yeah. yeah, and because they we had done some work that which uh, job is this? This was the job where we did a giant big glass pop out with steel down in Marin County. Oh yeah, and it caused problems upstairs. There was some super high end plaster that had cracked. Yeah, like Venetian plaster. Right, and uh, which can't be patched, by the way, and it costs like $30,000 a room, something ridiculous. And I'm laughing because the client was an absolute <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> but the the client had said, uh, you guys have to pay to fix this. We're like, no, because we don't, we don't have anything. You gave us a set of plans, and technically it was owner-builder, which makes him the general contractor and makes us subs. And you gave us a set of plans. We didn't hire these plan- anyone to make these plans. We didn't right. hire the engineer or the architect. You gave us the plans. We built it to plan, and that's kind of the end of our job. And he had a permit that was inspected by whatever municipality he Correct. was in and a building inspector who came out and looked at everything. Yeah. We had, you know, we had inspections, everything. Everything signed off. did everything to the T. And then they hired a, a forensic contractor who came and even excavated our footings. And he had to go to the client and go, like, they did everything to plan. He's like, well, how would I, you know, how was I supposed to know what should have happened is he should have done the work downstairs and then do the work upstairs because, you know, everything starts to settle and everything. And he has this delicate plaster up above. Like, it's going to get Yeah, damaged. I want to say at the, at the end you, of the day, nobody was when held you, responsible. When you rip under, you know, rip all the, you know, basically the structural <laughs> integrity of the delicate plaster in the upstairs bathroom, there's going to be a couple cracks. Right. And, uh, yeah, he was on the hook. He goes, no, they, they gave you plans. that You gave them plans. They did it to plan. Like, mm-hmm. so who's on the hook? He's like, well, you are. You're the general contractor, your owner builder, they call it. Mm-hmm. You are managing all these different areas of construction in your house. Like, that's on you. Yeah. The inspector just shrugged. He's like, I, I don't have to tell you. Right. Yeah. So, 
all that to say, and like I say in my book, The Great American Contractor, which is available pretty much everywhere that you buy books these days, um, you can eliminate the middleman if you get rid of your local building department. Mm-hmm. You can't sue the building department. Nope. They, they inspect the plans. They come out and inspect the building. But all of those inspections, at the end of the day, are worthless. Yeah. They're not actually providing anything. Now, you might be able to make an argument that they can provide, like, you know, well, let's look at the setbacks, you know, zoning type of stuff. You can't build a factory on your residential lot. Okay, I'm not, I mean, I have stuff to say about that, too, but I'm not going to go there now. We don't need the building department. At the end of the day, whoever built it and whoever designed it are on the hook. Right. You can't sue the county anyways, or the city. You sue the person that made the mistake. Why do we have this middleman in the way that creates huge delays in the time to build the project, huge amount of costs in, in building permits? All those permits, the, the fees go to, well, they don't go to building your house. I mean, whatever they go to, they probably go to the general fund, Yeah, like we were talking about right. last time. They, which or they go of, to the salaries which, of building inspectors and building plan checkers. And, so yeah. The general fund is yeah, people with lifelong pensions and health care and benefits who were inspectors who don't really check anything anyway. Is it any coincidence that the places like California and New York, which have the highest cost of living, the highest cost to build a home, also have the most restrictive building codes? I mean, not in our town here, it's illegal to put gas in a house. Right. You cannot have, I mean, the, the, the Biden administration just banned gas stoves. Well, we're, we're way ahead of them. Yeah. A new home in Santa Rosa cannot have gas in it. Yeah, no, it's insane. It's insane. And all for what? What that ends up doing is hurting people. All of the housing that's being built right now is low-income housing in Santa Rosa. Right. So all the low-income people can't have a gas fireplace. They can't have. They can't cook with gas. They can only cook with electric. They have to live like impoverished individuals in third-world countries. Yeah. Right. That's that's the only people it's affecting. Yeah. New. There's very few new homes that are being built they're in work, Santa Rosa. On backwards. Yeah. It's a goddamn travesty. Never done shit for me Get in a car Then I drive Till I'm out of gas Lower fast Can't put me down no more I'm a motherfucking Creature of a man You can't touch me You can't touch this Kiss my wink Kiss my knuckle Never Scoop up chicks At the shows And take them Home and blow Money to spend Dream the impossible Dream bloodstream Seems it's believe me Throw up Throw up Throw up Throw up Throw up Throw up Smoking in the bathroom Getting kicked out of school Car like a traffic It's for a little warmth I'm the family walking through the district of garments Downtown Los Angeles, the gates of heaven All the people, they just wanna have fun The stupid suckers are so fucking temporary Me and my crew, we're walking down the street But you can't beat the beat, the beat, the beat, the beat You put the tape in and turn the music up You hold down the window and then you stick your finger up When I was a kid, I never had any friends Walrus one, started making some money Granted paper, two parents yelling, and my diaper is reeking days old. Never too cool. To-